Well, hello and welcome to the third of our CSF podcasts on axial spondyloarthritis. Uh, we'll be bringing you new episodes on a bi-monthly basis alongside our psoriatic arthritis podcast. And we'll also be supplying you with monthly slide decks to help keep you up to date with the latest research and publications in the field of axial spa. Well, first of all, let me introduce myself and my co-host. I'm uh, Ian McInnes from Glasgow University. And today I'm joined by Professor Hideto Kamida, who's Professor of Internal Medicine at Ito University. Um, great to have you here, um, Hideto, and we're going to have a lot of fun in this podcast. I, I know that for sure. And as yeah. ever, if you want to find out more about us and the papers we're discussing today, head across to the CSF website at cytokinesignaling.com. Um, Hedita, over to you. Okay, thank you, Yain. The papers we will be discussing today introduce two very interesting therapeutic approaches. Our first paper reports the efficacy and safety results for patients treated with exekizumab for up to 116 weeks. The second of today's papers evaluated the effectiveness and safety profile of COMBIO, or combination of targeted therapies in clinical settings. Two really interesting papers, so it's, uh, I'm looking forward to having a chat about them. Let's go across to the first one, which was the uh, study that looked at the efficacy and safety of ixikizumab in patients with axial spondyloarthritis. This is a two-year follow-up from the COAST studies. Now, I think most of us are familiar that non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs are recommended as first-line treatment for patients with AXFA, but patients who still have high disease activity despite receiving these conventional treatments uh, are recommended to receive biologic DMARDs. Three previous 52-week phase three studies demonstrated the efficacy of ixtecizumab, an IL-17A inhibitor, in treating patients who had radiographic AXPA or non-radiographic AXPA and no prior exposure to biologic DMARDs. Now, COAST-Y is an ongoing extension of these three originating studies, which examines efficacy and safety of ixtecizumab up to 116 weeks. Um, so it's a, a two-year extension study following COAST-V, COAST-W, and COAST-X. Um, it's almost like code this, isn't it, trying to remember the names of all of these studies, but I, I think that's pretty straightforward. COAST-V, COAST-W, COAST-X. Patients were treated with either 80 milligrams excusimab every four weeks or every two weeks as assigned in the originating studies. Efficacy was assessed in all participants continuously treated with Ixtecizumab through week 116 and in subgroups based on disease subtype and dosing. And missing data were handled by non-responder imputation for categorical variables and modified baseline observation carried forward for continuous variables. It's a pretty standard approach. And safety data were analyzed in all patients having received more than or equal to one Ixtecizumab dose. Well, what are the key results? Well, 932 patients uh, who received more than or equal to one ICSI dose, 773 enrolled in COAST-Y, that's um, about 83%, give or take, and 665 of those completed um, week 116. So that's 86% of those enrolled in the COAST-Y study. Of 352 continuously treated patients, the proportion achieving ACES 40 at week 52 was 51.4%, and this uh, rose marginally to 56% at week 116. Proportion of patients achieving ASAS 40 at week 116 was 64.9, 
and 57.7% respectively for biologic DMARD naive patients with radiographic AXPA and non-radiographic AXPA, and 47% for TNF inhibitor experienced patients. And the proportion of patients achieving AS, uh, DAS less than 2.1 through week 160 was 57% and 52.9% for biologic DMARD naive patients with radiographic and non-radiographic AXPA respectively and 33.6% uh, for TNF inhibitor experienced patients. So um, incidence of treatment emergent adverse events and serious adverse events were consistent with previous reports. So we're getting pretty used to using 17A inhibitors and nothing new came through. So um, I guess my conclusions here are that uh, we saw improvements. I think we probably would have expected in disease activity, function, quality of life, and those seem to be sustained in a proportion of patients through week 116 uh, in both radiographic and non-radiographic AXPA. This was noted in patients without biologic DMARD exposure, as well as in patients who had previously received a TNF inhibitor. Uh, no new safety signals were identified, and it, it looks as if uh, excusimab remains a, a therapeutic option. Um, of course, we probably want to see this in the real world, and I, I, I guess, um, uh, Hideto, I'm, I'm interested in your views here. Any, any major surprises for you in this study? No, so it's totally very expected because uh, bio-naive radiographic aspect shows the best results and then bio-naive non-radiographic, and the worst was the bio-experienced expert. So it was totally expected. So no unexpected effectiveness result and no new safety signals. And, and useful for us to have a different mode of action because for a long time, we, we've really only had uh, TNF inhibitors here in terms of biologics. And now, of course, we have TNF inhibitors, 17A. We're also thinking about using JAK inhibitors as well. So it, it's nice at last to have a range of, of medical uh, modes of action available to us. Yes. And also, we are missing the bio-experienced non-radiographic expert in this execzema clinical trial. That so may be the worst. Yeah, I, I think... I, 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 I certainly wouldn't be complacent. I, uh, I, I think we, we're looking for more modes of action. And the, the other thing, of course, is that these are young patients and this is a lifelong disease. We're not achieving uh, a cure for these therapeutics. And you know, if you're starting one of these medicines at the age of 25, mm. you know, you're looking at several decades potentially of therapy. So I, I, I do hope that the, the field is working hard in the background to bring more modes of action to us. I, I, I'm pretty confident of that indeed. But um, what's, um, what's your experience of using 17A inhibitors in the clinic? Do you find them effective? Yeah, very effective. And we know that um, continuation of our 17 inhibitors is very safe and effective in most of the patient, but mm. it is very difficult to discontinue the exekismab even the sustained remission. So P3 studies recently showed the difficulty in discontinuation, even in sustained minimal disease activity, has been achieved. Yeah, I mean, tapering is the next horizon for us, isn't it? Understanding, uh, understanding where it is we can start to, to back off therapy. What is the minimum necessary treatment? 
But um, I suppose the other thing just in our minds in the real world, and I'm just going to be Scottish for a minute, you know, there are, there are still people who are not doing well. And for, for that reason, I think we, I don't know about you, but we quite often do make recourse to, to combination therapies. And I, I wonder if you could maybe talk us through the second paper today, because that's yes. actually really interesting, because it speaks specifically to, to the, the use of combination therapies. So maybe, maybe you could tell us a bit about that, please. Okay, thank you. So our second paper is efficacy and safety of combination targeted therapies in immune-mediated inflammatory disease, IMID, the COMBIO study. The background, the management of IMID has dramatically changed with the emergence of biologics and JAK inhibitors. Although these innovative treatments have expanded therapeutic options, a significant proportion of patients do not achieve remission. Combio may be a promising option in these challenging situations. However, whilst there are numerous case reports and case series, randomized control and open-level studies remain scarce, resulting in a scarcity of efficacy and safety data. This study aimed to assess the effectiveness and safety profile of Combio in clinical settings. Some methods, this study was a national and um, prospective French cohort study on 143 patients with IMIDs treated with combios between September 2020 and May 2021. Case report forms were sent to physicians through the mailing list of three study groups, reaching over 8,000 gastroenterologists, rheumatologists, eternists, and dermatologists with a special interest in IMIDs. Cases where the same patient was submitted by two specialists were resolved by only including the initial submission. Cases where several combined treatments were observed were resolved by including all combines in the analysis. So as a result, overall, 143 patients were included the most common IMIDs were Crohn's disease, 64%, actual SPA, 38%, and ulcerative colitis, 14%. But it should be noted that only three patients with actual SPA alone were included in this study. So valid Crohn's disease were IBD-based. And half of patients had only one IMID, of which 60% were Crohn's disease. Mean duration of Combio was 275 weeks, and Combio persistence at 104 weeks was estimated at 64%, is very nice. And the most frequent Combios combined anti-TNF agents with vedolizumab, anti-alpha-4 beta-7 integrin antibody, or istekinumab, anti-P40, of R12 and R23, 30% for each. Overall, 50% of patients achieved significant and 27% mild to moderate improvement in patient reported outcomes based on a seven-point numerical rating scale. Extended duration of Combio and diagnosis of two IMIDs were associated with significant improvement in patient-reported outcomes. 
adjusted odds ratios were 1.1 for extended duration and 3.5 for overlapping IMIDs, respectively. Instance of serious infection during combio was 4.5 per 100 person years, and five combios were discontinued due to adverse events. In conclusion, this study showed that combio appears to be effective in achieving significant amount to moderate improvement in half and a quarter of patients with IMIDs, respectively. The overall safety profile is acceptable and comparable to monotherapy in the short and medium term. Combio can be a therapeutic option for refractive patients and for patients with overlapping IMIDs. Prospective studies are needed to validate this approach along with long-term safety studies. So I want to ask you about your insight or perspective for this study. It's very interesting. And currently, we're trying to test the bispecific antibodies against two molecules. So we can understand that Combio may be the option. It's a realistic option. But in previous years, anti-TNF and anti-R1 beta combination, or even anti-TNF and abatacept combination, was not so effective and just increased the infectious risk. So after that, we indeed we stopped such a trials, right? So how about your insight or combio? Yeah, it's it, 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 the, I agree with you. First of all, this is a really interesting study. But what they've done is they've pulled together a whole range of experiences with combination therapeutics. Um, and I think the, the last remark you made is the critical one. We now need prospective randomized studies to work out whether this really confers advantage. I think that th this study is, however, useful to us in clinical practice because in the absence of control trials, we still have refractory patients, people who are not responding to, well, we, we talk about monotherapy. We've got to be careful. Quite a lot of our patients are on methotrexate and a TNF inhibitor, or they're on uh, uh, maybe low-dose glucocorticoids and, and, a, and a biologic. So we have to remember that already our patients are getting combinations. Mm. And, and the other thing to say is that, remember, JAK inhibitors are also, in a way, cytokine combination inhibitors because they inhibit a variety of cytokine receptor signaling pathways. But I think the authors here are to be con congratulated for bringing together data from across a range of disorders. Two or three things I would maybe highlight. Um, first of all, it's not such a surprise to me that um, if someone carries on in combination therapy, they're more likely to be doing well because you would only carry on the combination if the patient was doing well. So, so I, I think that's self-explanatory and self-evident. And the other thing that I thought was interesting was the combination of two IMIDs. Now that is, for particularly for those of us who do combination clinics where you see psoriasis, uh, AXPA, maybe inflammatory bowel disease with, with gastro, with derm colleagues. That is for me quite interesting because that's quite a common scenario where the, the gastro team want to go down one route and the dermatologist maybe want to go down another. And we have these strange paradoxes because the, we, we know, for example, 17A inhibition is probably 
uh, not a good idea if you have inflammatory bowel disease. Um, so I, 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 for me, this is interesting observational data. It adds to my confidence. Sometimes we do use combination therapies in difficult cases. But as you very wisely point out, we, we need controlled trials going forward. Yes. Um, I, 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 what about you? I mean, do you use combinations in difficult cases in, in your routine practice? Yeah, very, very rare cases. Sometimes mm. we have to use anti-TNF plus anti-R6 receptor inhibitors, but for very, very rare case, because Japanese uh, regulatory government did not approve such a combination. So it's a contraindication, actually. So it's an off recording. <laughs> <laughs> well, and you're, you're spot on, aren't you? Because the, the truth is that, first of all, we do worry about safety. We always worry about safety. I think you were very wise to remark on the combination of TNFR1, TNF-Abtacept, Pretty much every time we've combined therapies, we've seen adverse events emerging. And I'm not sure this trial was ever really going to tell us about the right rate, if you like, the, the, the absolute rate of adverse events just because of its design. Um, but cost is also a big issue. And depending on the healthcare economy, it may very well be that it's just impossible for patients to afford to use combinations of medicines. And I suppose when we are recommending combinations of very expensive treatment that is potentially going to carry risk of harm, we have to be very, very careful about the evidence base that guides us. I see you nodding away. I, th I think you're agreeing. Yes. So usually we do not use the optimal dose for two myological medicines. So maybe the half dose plus half dose of two biological agents may be a choice when we consider the price. That's very interesting. And, and it, it also, it's interesting just to think for a moment about what we're trying to achieve with a combination. Are we using rational combination? Um, and so there's some. There, there's a very interesting study that's uh, published, I think it's only an abstract at the moment, which is VEGA, which is looking at uh, golimumab and gazelkumab. So that's TNF inhibitor with a P19 inhibitor. Yes. Now that's, uh, that's been published in the gastro literature in, in patients with inflammatory bowel disease. And there, although it, it, the, the statistics are on the margins for that study, but it, it is interesting because it looks as if a rational combination of TNF inhibition and, and P19 inhibition, which makes mechanistic sense when you look at the pathogenesis of inflammatory bowel disease, it does look there as if remission rates can be increased. So I, I, for, for me, the other thing that has to happen in the next year to, to, to two is that we should be thinking about the pathogenesis that makes the logical choice of combination. and. And for me, that's work in progress. We're just not there yet. We, we, have a, uh, we, we have a lot of work to do before we understand what the right combination of medicines will be. Um, any thoughts on what, what are your favorite combinations at the moment? If you had oh. you know, if, if, an unlimited resource, what would be your combination of targets at the moment? Yes. So as you mentioned, anti-TNF and anti-P90 may be a very good candidate hmm. because in this paper, they said that they only uh, doctors chose anti-TNF plus vedolizumab or anti-TNF plus ustekinumab because vedolizumab or ustekinumab safety profiles, especially for serious infection, 
is very reduced and mostly comparable to placebo arm. That's the reason why they have chosen such combination. In that terms, uh, anti-TNF plus anti-R6 may not be the best choice, mm -hmm. and anti-TNF plus anti-P19 may be a good choice. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I like, I like your thinking there. I like your thinking. Well, look, you and I could talk all day about this, but sadly, um, our, our listeners would probably prefer that we didn't talk for hours and hours and hours. But listen, it's been, it's been wonderful uh, having this conversation with you. I've really enjoyed it. And maybe to, to those who have joined us in this podcast, thank you for, for joining us. It was brought to you by, by CSF, the Cytokine Signaling Forum. And we hope you've enjoyed it and found it useful. If you did, don't forget to subscribe to our channels on YouTube, SoundCloud, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Uh, I can already hear my, my children giggling away because they understand I don't know anything about these, uh, these websites at all. But you do, and that's why you're here listening. So thanks for that. And make sure you don't miss out on any of our future episodes. And as always, if you want to read more about what we've discussed today, head over to cytokinesignaling.com and you'll find detailed summary slides of each of the papers. Um, but look, before we finish, I want to just say a, a very special thanks um, to Professor Hideto Kamida from Toho University. It's absolutely wonderful to be, to be seeing you again and to be talking with you again. And uh, we're very much looking forward to life coming together after the, this terrible pandemic. So it's great to hear your wise words today. Thanks to everybody for listening today. And we look forward to future podcasts. Bye-bye for now. Thank you.